Yeah, yeah, yeah. Gone on you with the pick and roll. Let's go. This is the Pick and Roll Podcast. We are back and better than ever. We are going to talk about our five players in fantasy basketball today that we are going to target in our season-long drafts. Uh, This is very relevant to us right now uh, as we are in one of the biggest uh, fantasy basketball industry drafts that I know of. Uh, so what better time to introduce my co-host, Al Hunter, the young flame himself. What's going on, Al? What's going on, man? Uh, yeah, I'm happy to be in that draft, and I'm excited basketball is slowly approaching, but we're almost here. Yeah, uh, good friend of the show, Adam King, uh, sent us an invite with some really uh, bigger names in fantasy basketball, and we're doing a draft, so I actually just had the eighth pick. I don't know if you saw that, and of course, LeBron James was on the board. I, he's just falling to the back of the first round. That's fine. I scooped him up at eight. Nice, yeah. I'm all the way at 19. There's 20 te- yeah, there's 20 teams in the league, and I got 19. So, I mean, uh, that's the hand I'm dealt, but we'll see. <laughs> Anyone that you're thinking about right now around that? Or are you just going to play it as a, as a uh, I'm going to go best player available, but, I mean, maybe Westbrook will slip to me. Maybe uh, nice. maybe uh, Paul George with the shoulder injury. We'll see. I don't know. But 19 is not the greatest pick, but I'm going to ride it out, <laughs> and I'm still going to win. <laughs> yeah, I mean, you got to double up, and then you have the long wait. So it's not the best. <laughs> yeah, for sure. But uh, I've never done a 20-man league, so I'm excited. And I'm excited yeah. to be in a league with all these guys. We'll – I say we'll, we'll do a pod after, too. Me and Steve will review our teams and see how we did and what you guys think. Yeah, that would be good. Yeah. Uh, so before we talk about some of these players, uh, breaking news here, Kyle Kuzma looks like he's out indefinitely with an injury in his foot. I think he suffered it this summer uh, playing uh, overseas. Is that correct, Al? I wasn't yeah. sure when he hurt that foot. Suppo- yeah, supposedly it's a stress fracture in his left foot. And they're saying he's out until at least mid-October. So that's not good news for the Lakers. Yeah. So out until mid-October, and then he's, you know, probably going to take a little bit to get back into the swing of things. Um, Are you looking at anybody on the Lakers that might be relevant? Uh, Like, you know, is Jared Dudley interesting to you now? I mean, there's not really anybody, I think, that – really has a big I mean maybe Danny Green gets a little bit more uh involved but I'm not seeing anybody that really benefits from a fantasy perspective yeah um you know the rumors it came out a couple months ago that LeBron was going to start at the one right after they got AD and um I think that's going to go I think that's not going to happen now and I think the whole point of that was so they could squeeze Kuzma in a bigger lineup with LeBron Kuzma AD and then they'd still have Danny Green but I think now that with Kuzma out, I think that eliminates that. And I think Rondo's going to now go back to starting at the one. I think they'll put Danny Green at the two, LeBron, and then AD, and then Javal McGee. I think they'll slide Javal McGee back in and Rondo back in with Kuzma out now. But that's just my guess. I think that's what's going to happen. And you know what? That's a great that's a great guess, honestly. And that kind of answers that question that Rajon Rondo would actually be the biggest beneficiary from this injury if – that were to happen because if like we've talked about this before LeBron starting at the one well that brings Rajon to the bench 
and really doesn't utilize him as as much as he should be utilized now if he's playing that one then yeah that's a great value and he is somebody who isn't necessarily uh I mean he's falling in drafts you know he's somebody who can be a, a viable target uh that can really exceed that draft cost uh, yeah so for sure something yeah, to look at and keep an eye on for how the Lakers are going to approach this yeah I, that's my best guess because I, I feel like the whole idea of bringing LeBron to the one was so they could get Kuzma into that lineup but now with him out I think Rondo's your next best bet, and I think putting LeBron back in his natural spot is what they'll do. But I don't know. I'm not running the team. We'll see. <laughs> Good stuff here. And I think that, you know, Kuzma is probably going to fall a little bit further, you know, in drafts. I think he becomes sure, a, very, yeah. a very nice value for you where people were kind of overlooking him, thinking, you know, obviously LeBron and AD are going to be touching the ball so much. I mean, Kyle Kuzma is a really sneaky play, I think, still. Um, who might just benefit from the good, the greatness of his team around him. So Kyle Kuzma uh, should definitely be looked at in your season-long drafts. And, yeah, I mean, they're saying mid-October. I mean, mid-October is right at the start of the season. So, I mean, he might only miss a couple weeks. Yeah, so. mid-October is like two weeks from now, I feel like. Yeah, I feel <laughs> like. Before we know it, it's here. Yeah, the start of the season is, I think, 26 or 25 days exactly. So it's coming up, coming up fast. Couldn't nice. be more excited either, too. <laughs> yeah, most definitely. It's going to be great. Uh, and then we're definitely going to be more uh, coming at you with uh, a podcast every week during the season, just so you can stay on top of things. Uh, but let's get into it. People are having drafts coming up here. Let's talk about guys that we're targeting in drafts that aren't necessarily the bigger names. These guys, maybe we saw something last year. Maybe it's a new team. Someone who is going to have a big fantasy season uh, that we're really targeting. So Al, I'll let you start this off. All right, my first one is going to be Draymond Green. I know he is a relevant name, but I think he's not getting drafted where he should be. Um, he should have an awesome year with KD going to Brooklyn and Boogie out of town, RIP to Brook, uh, Boogie with all those injuries, but he's no longer there and he's out of the picture, which is going to benefit Draymond greatly. Uh, in the eight games without KD and Cousins last year, Draymond scored 49.25 DK points per game, which is uh, 16 and a half points more than his average for the year. That's massive. And uh, in those games, he averaged a 6% usage increase, a 4.6 assist uh, increase, and a 4.1 rebound rate increase. And uh, he scored 1.31 DK points per minute, which is 0.3 increase from his average. Those are huge shifts and jumps from all of his averages. And uh, I think he's getting underdrafted. His ADP right now on Yahoo is 34. And I think he – late second round if you want to stretch, but I think Draymond's going to have a huge year. Yeah, that's awesome. And, you know, I'm not the biggest Draymond fan in general, so it's tough for me to agree with this. But, <laughs> yeah, I mean, the numbers don't lie. And, honestly, you know, DeMarcus not being there, KD not being there, uh, he's going to step up and they're going to need him. Um, and they're going to need him a little bit more in the scoring, scoring category. So I think that's somebody who, uh, for some reason, you know, is kind of uh, – it's not being slept on necessarily, but he doesn't have the star power – you know, everyone wants, like, to look at players, you know, that are going to have that big boom. But Draymond just gets you everything, and he really has the triple-double uh, potential every night. So it's a great call on Draymond. Yeah, I mean, defense is his forte. You never think of him as a scorer. And when it comes to fantasy, and especially in season-long drafts, everybody's looking for more offensive players. I think that's, like, the first thing thought, you know. And yeah. uh, But you shouldn't sleep on Draymond at all. I mean, he, like I said, he scored 16 and a half more points when those two were out. So, and I'm putting uh, D-loading D'Angelo Russell right into 
Clay Thompson's role while Clay Thompson's out. So I don't really think that affects it at all. The the two biggest differences are KD being gone and DeMarcus Cousins. So let's move on to my guy here, one of my guys who I want to talk about. And we actually made a deal off air that I would talk about this guy if you talked about another guy because we both agree on both of these players. I think we both feel very strongly about them. But uh, (laughs) DeLon Wright, um, uh, starting point guard. Look, starting point guard for the Dallas Mavericks going into this season. So that alone, you have to be excited about. Um, he's going to be stepping into a prime position. We've seen him for years, uh, played a backup role in Toronto, backed up Kyle Lowry, and then he backed up Conley last year. Um, played really well in his uh, – well, he always plays well, honestly, every time he gets a starting job. And we've seen it before both in Toronto and Memphis. So um, last season per 36 minutes, uh, he got 14, 6, and 6 with almost two steals per game, 1.9 per 36 minutes, and almost a block per game. So he's also giving you – because he's long um, and he's a really good defender, actually. He's very quick, and you know his pace of play actually uh, is very high. Um, went up – you know, the pace of play for Memphis went up when he was on the court as opposed to a Conley who's more of the game manager – uh, so I like Wright with this squad around him, with Luca and Porzingis. Um, he's going to have a great season. People aren't drafting him as if he's the starting point guard right now. They're, I think people still recognize him as a backup. He is not that. He's going to be primed in his role. Um, I'm feeling very good about Wright this year. Yeah, his current ADP on Yahoo is 99. So the guys getting drafted around him are Gary Harris, Jeremy Lamb, Joe Ingles, uh, DeJounte Murray, DeAndre Jordan, Fred Van Fleet. So, I mean, I think Dallin Wright's definitely one of the best targets in that range. Um, when he joined Memphis, he scored 29.6 fancy points per game, and that was in a sample size of 26 games, and he started in most of those. And I think he's absolutely going to start, in, like you said, in uh, Dallas. Um, they gave him a bigger deal. I think it was three years. So they're planning on going with him at the starting one, and I think they'll – we've talked about this before in the Western Conference preview, and I think they'll push Luka to the three and keep Dallin at the one. And I, I'm definitely about – uh, again, Dylan at the 99th pick in the draft for sure. Yeah, I mean, there's definitely risk, uh, I think, inherited because we haven't seen him in this role um, and nothing's guaranteed. You know, they could always move Luca back to the one if they're not liking what they see with Wright. Um, and he could come off the bench for Luca. That's a scenario. But I think where you're drafting him, the, the reward is worth it. Absolutely. Uh, so who's your next guy, all right, we've talked about him a lot extensively in the Eastern Conference preview, and we also talked about him in the mock draft, and he's the guy that we I agreed I would talk about, and you talked about, Don Wright. There's uh, Bam out of Bayou, out of Miami, starting center now with uh, Hassan Whiteside uh, going to Portland. Um, it's been a long time coming, and uh, with Whiteside out of town, Bam's now going to flourish. In the 10 games without Whiteside last season, Bam started, and he produced 30.7 DK points per game. Hmm. And then – um. When he played 25 minutes or more last year, the Heat recorded a record of 21 and 17. Um, and he was on, did the USA team in the FIBA tournament this year. And there was always clips of him working on his inside and outside game. His game looks like it's expanding. He might even have a better jump shot this season. And um, he's more than just an offensive player, too, and a rebounder. He's actually a pretty solid defender, and he's going to get you blocks and steals. He ranked 28th in real defensive plus minus last year of, out of 514 qualifying players. So that's a pretty intriguing stat. And uh, I just think he's going to flourish. And I think uh, losing D-Way was really sad for Miami, but they're going to forget about it quick when they got Bam. I love it. Yeah, I love it, man. And, you know, 
I think they're going to get a lot more out of this guy. He's got a lot of energy, man, you know, and then him with Jimmy Butler, uh, Dragic, they have a nice team in Miami, you know. I think it's kind of being slept on as one of the teams that can maybe move up in that Eastern Conference. Um, so, yeah, I'm loving Bam. Um, you know, he gives you, he gives you defense. He's double-double threat every night. Um, so, yeah, and, you know, he had, I think, something like 20 – I forget the number, but he had around 20 double-doubles last season. And a lot of those came towards the end of the year when they were using him a little bit more, where Hassan Whiteside really wasn't, you know, out there. Um, so he really started picking it up at the end of last year, and we're really going to see this guy uh, get to that next level this year. I think he's going to be one of the better centers in the Eastern Conference. Um, Me too. Yeah, like uh, we did a, a industry hot takes. It was a couple months ago. It was like a bunch of industry guys in the fantasy world all gave their hot takes for this upcoming NBA season, and uh, me and Steve didn't even know about him. We both ended up writing about Bam, and I said he was going to be the most improved player of the year, and I, I definitely think he'll be a candidate for that. Uh, and his current ADP, the note, is 49.1. So right around the fifth round, I think Bam is a steal. Definitely getting the love, though, with the ADP, I think. I think that people are hip to it, and that is, that's a fair ADP for him. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I'm, yeah. Surpri- I'm surprised. Uh, you know, I am surprised. I think that, you know, that he would be more of like a seventh, eighth round pick where he would obviously be a steal. Uh, but he's getting to, he's starting to get to that range where it's like, okay, he's going to have to return value. But I think in that fifth round, he certainly will exceed that value. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. And, and, you know, just talking on that, like, where do we see him being drafted next year? Like, I think this is kind of relevant. Like if we think that they're going to exceed value, where is Bam going to be drafted after this year? I mean, is, is it going to, is he going to get into that third round? I mean, yeah, he, he probably will. He'll probably get in like the 30 or 35 range, yeah. If, he, yeah. if he does what me and you are expecting, for sure. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. One guy who I think could be one of these third-round picks after next year uh, is Marvin Bagley. And kind of a common theme that we're looking at here is opportunity is created now. Um, and Willie Colley-Stein is gone. Um, and I think that what they saw last year in Sacramento from Marvin Bagley uh, was the next superstar on this team. Obviously disappointed with the way things uh, were left with DeMarcus Cousins. Sacramento fans haven't been really the same since that. I think they were ready for Cousins to be their franchise player. I'm not trying to laugh, Sacramento. Love you guys over there. Like um, I said earlier, RIP Boogie. <laughs> <laughs> RIP Boogie, man. And yeah, that's, a shame. Yeah, that's really. a shame for all teams that have had DeMarcus Cousins so far in uh, his Shout career. out to him. Prayers up. Yeah. Um, So Marvin Bagley last year in 25 minutes per game, he gave you 15 points and 7.5 rebounds. Uh, That really doesn't tell the tale. Um, You know, there was a lot of times where he really wasn't getting the minutes, but man, towards the end of last season, he was. And per 36, uh, he was averaging 21 uh, and almost 11 rebounds. He gets you the blocks, which I really like um, per 36 minutes over 1.4 um i'm seeing him more as like a 30 minute guy um he like i said he averaged 25 i think that shoots up to 30 31 minutes per game for marvin bagley i mean he is the starter on this team unequivocally he's going to be playing that center power forward spot for them um marvin bagley is at value right now i think a lot of people are looking at bagley to take that next leap uh i said to you al by the time it's done, and let's 
say just like three years from now, if we're going to look at Marvin Bagley as better for the Kings than DeMarcus Cousins ever was. And I'm looking at this kind of player like as the kind of guy that they can really build a franchise around with him and Fox. They just need to keep him. And as long as he stays healthy, which, yeah, he's, he was banged up a little bit last year, I think Bagley is going to be great for this Kings team and he's going to be great for fantasy teams this season. Absolutely, yeah. I don't know if he's going to make more noise than Cousins did. I mean, <laughs> but no, you're right. Um, uh, Bagley's that intriguing of a prospect, absolutely. And uh, with Luke Long coming into town, I mean, Dave Joker was great last year with them. I'm, I don't think he should have got fired, but the coach change actually might be beneficial for these starters. You know, the problem with the Kings always in fantasy was you couldn't predict their minutes. Like all of them were always inconsistent. You didn't know if Bagley was going to play 25 minutes or 35 minutes. And when you caught right. him on a night, on a night, he played 35 minutes. He was an absolute smash. But uh, with Luke Wallen coming in, hopefully they have a more concrete rotation, you know what I mean, and a plan and that they realize Bagley is one of their centerpieces and he's going to play over 30 minutes a night because if he does, he's going to smash. Like um, the last three games of the season, he played over 30 minutes in each. He scored 32, 40 and a half, and 33.75. He's an automatic double-double if he plays over 30 minutes. And I'm with you. He's a smash play, smash value, absolutely. Where is he being drafted right now? Um, While you pull that up, uh, why don't you just talk about who, who your next guy is? My next, guy, my next guy is Jonas Valanciunas. I think everybody is jumping to get um, Jaron Jackson, but right. I think, I think Valanciunas is actually the way better value, and I actually wouldn't be surprised at all if Valanciunas else produces Jaron Jackson this year. Um, Jaron Jackson is getting drafted at 49.6, but Valanciunas is getting drafted at 61.8. That's via Yahoo. And I think those are – honestly, they should be the opposite. Valanciunas was awesome once he got uh, traded to Memphis for Marcus Gasol. They just re-signed him to a three-year, $45 million deal this summer, so they definitely think he's part of this going-forward plan with Ja, you know what I mean, and Jaron Jackson, obviously. But I think those are the three main players. And I think people sleep on Valanciunas as the, one of their core players going forward. And in his 19 games with Memphis, he averaged 19 points and 11 rebounds and uh, 35.6 fantasy points per game. And that's only in 27 minutes per game. He led the team in usage and in rebound rate. And, um, yeah, the con- – um, sorry, excuse me. The Grizzlies were down players like Jaron Jackson. He only played in two of those 19 games. But uh, Conley played in um, 14 of them. And those are still tremendous numbers for a guy going in the sixth round. I don't think Jaw's going to affect him. If only I think Jaw will actually help him. And uh, Jaron Jackson will affect him a little bit. But I think Jaron Jackson's going to be used more of a stretch for and leaving Valanciunas in the paint. And uh, Jaron Jackson actually isn't really that great of a rebounder, so I don't think he'll be stealing rebounds from Valanciunas. Jaron Jackson only posted a 10.2% rebound rate last year versus Valanciunas at 20.8. And it's a really small sample of only 28 minutes, but in the 28 minutes that Val and Jackson played together, um, Valanciunas was actually better. His usage went up 5%. His assist rate actually went up 14%. His rebound rate went up 1.2%. Like I said, it's a really small sample of 28 minutes, but he actually benefited from Jackson on the floor. So, and uh, if you're looking around in drafts, I, I don't think you should be getting Jaron Jackson. I think you should be going right to Valanciunas two, uh, two rounds later. I love that. You say you, you basically just can save a couple rounds. Um, obviously, I don't think it's beneficial for you to draft two Grizzlies um, just yeah. so close to each other. So you wouldn't get both. And if it's you're staring at that, you're on the clock and you see Jaron Jackson, probably just pivot off to someone else and wait and get that value with Valanchunas. As much as we like Bam, I see a world where Valanchunas can actually provide a better fantasy season than Bam. 
Um, I really do like the makeup of this young Grizzlies roster where they're bringing in Ja. Um, they have Jaron Jackson there. But, you know, this rookie, I mean, he's going to be trigger happy as far as I'm concerned. Like, they are going to want him to score the ball. But when he drives into the paint, it's going to be real easy dump-offs for him to get uh, to Jonas down there. Um, I think he's going to rely on his center uh, as being a point guard, young point guard coming in. Uh, like I said, yes, he's going to do a lot of scoring himself. But I do think that Jonas is going to benefit from uh, cleaning up some of that and then also providing some help uh, on the low post, plus pro- providing defensive numbers. I just I like the situation here. They traded Gasol, um, and they felt good about trading a guy like Gasol who's, you know, put up, on, you know, you could argue Hall of Fame type of career uh, with the Grizzlies. And to trade him, get back Jonas, they obviously feel good about what they've got there. Um, so that's a smash all day. It's a great pick. Yeah, I mean, Jonas went off when in the last couple of games of the season, too. I mean, he had a game 74 and a half fantasy points versus the Suns and a one of 65 and a half versus the Magic. I mean, his ceiling is massive when he plays those minutes, and I don't think his minutes are going to decrease. Like I said, they just paid him. I think he's part of this core, and I think he's part of their future, and I think he's an absolute smash, like we keep saying, yeah. There, yeah can't stress it enough. There was a point in, you know, on DraftKings, on, you know, DFS, uh, where, like, you just wanted to start that Grizzly center last year when <laughs> there were so many injuries going on with that team. And it was like, all right, well, whoever is playing center, I- I'm going to want to start. Um, so. Yeah, I mean, at, at the end of the year last year, Valanciunas was almost like a lock button in DFS. He really was. Yeah. Yeah, like the, the last 15. He giving you 40 points. And I- <laughs> oh, automatic, man. And like I said, his ceiling was way over 50, too. So, yeah, he was literally an automatic play. And I don't see why anything changes with Jaron Jackson healthy. I really don't. So, you know, I talked about Marvin Bagley. And I mentioned that Willie Colley-Stein is out of town. Um Willie Connolly Stein finds himself in a nice situation here. He is with the Golden State Warriors, and this is a player I want to talk about because he is, you know, he's slipping in drafts. I think that the center position isn't deemed very valuable on this Warriors squad, but I do think that without Clay Thompson, they are going to re- need to rely a little bit more on Colley Stein when it comes to lobs at the, at the basket. Um, now, they have Kevon Looney, so I think that they're going to split time. But I do think that Kali Stein can be a very efficient player for you. Um, and he's not going to need that 25-plus minutes. I think he will get around 25 minutes a night. That's what I'm projecting, uh, that he'll still get around that 25-minute mark. Um, you know, last season, he gave you 16 and 11 per 36. So, obviously, if the minutes are there, he's going to give you a double-double kind of night. Um, I just like him in this situation uh, with D'Lo. If D'Lo is handling the ball a little bit, um, he loves the fine centers for that lob uh, on the pick and roll. And, you know, Steph is no stranger to that as well. I like both of those guards working with Kali Stein for the lob. Um, he's a 10 and 10 and 2 kind of player. That's what you want out of Kali Stein. Uh, if he gives you that 10, 10, and 2, uh, you're very happy about that. I think he can give you that on a nightly basis. Um, you know, you're going to want to pick your spots, I think, the matchup. You want to look at that. But Kali Stein is going to be a great, valuable player for you to use, uh, especially in these leagues where you have, like, two centers. I think he could be a great second center for you. So I think Willie Kali Stein is a great fantasy player who uh, isn't really being drafted as such. 
Yeah. Um, real quick, Marvin Bagley's ADP is 75.1. Thank you. Wow, that is so low. Wow. Yeah, right. Yeah. <laughs> and Willie Colley Stein, to go back to your point, is at 111. So, yeah, there's definitely value there. He's always been over a point per minute producer, and if he gets the minutes, he's going to produce. And like you were talking about with deloading in town, now that deloading's in this offense, I think they'll run more pick-and-roll sets, which would be good for Willie Cauley-Stein, like you said, coming off and catching lobs. Definitely. Yeah, no, I think we look at the center position for the Warriors. I mean, we looked at JaVale McGee a couple of years ago, uh, you know, hit or miss, really. I mean, most of, you weren't starting him most nights in season long. Uh, a flyer, if anything, on a, in, on a DFS situation. I think it's going to be a little bit different uh, with Clay not there and then bringing in Kali Stein. I think they have a use for him uh, more so than they did for JaVale McGee. Yeah, and I mean, the upside's there at 111 in the draft. I mean, you're taking a nice gamble right there with Willie Kali Stein for sure in that late in the draft. My next guy is uh, Zach Collins. Um, with Alf Rockamunu, Cantor, Mo Harkless, Jake Lehman, and Myers Leonard all gone this offseason, uh, Joseph Nurkic still out with a broken leg. Uh, Zach Collins is now going to be the Blazers' starting power forward. Um, he really took a leap last year, fantasy-wise, jumping from 0.7 fantasy points per minute all the way to 0.9. He averaged 25.5 DK points per game in the 10 games that he cracked 25 minutes last season. And when all those, player gone, all those players gone, they really lack depth behind him and Hassan Whiteside, who we talked about earlier, is now in Portland. I mean, behind them, it's only Mario, Hazonia, Scal, Labissier, and Pau Gasol. So, I mean, they really have no depth. And I think uh, Collins might take a big leap this year. I think he might uh, be a consistent player of over 25 fantasy points, almost 32, depending on his minutes. But I think the minutes will be there. And his, ADP, his ADP right now is 134. So, that's really late. I oh, think yeah. I think that's worth it for a starting player like that, and especially a starting big man who can shoot outside. Yeah, you can get Collins with one of your last picks and feel good about it. Um, I uh, I really like – I forgot that they got Powell, man. I forgot that they got yeah, Powell. Yeah, no, right, yeah. That would be interesting. You know, I think he'll be useful uh, around playoff time for sure. Yeah, but, I mean, like back to my point, their depth. I mean, it's Powell Gasol. That's their backup right. center. That's their backup right. center right now. No disrespect to Powell. I mean, he's a champion right. famer, but not anymore. So – Right, exactly. Yeah. Um, my my two uh, guys that I just wanted to mention, uh, you know, they're kind of like honorable mention type guys, uh, Landry, Landry Shamit and Miles Bridges. Landry Shamit uh, made 167 threes last year. It was 27th in the league, tied with uh, C.J. McCollum. Um, so that was his rookie season. We Now Shamit is in a great position um, all of a sudden where he – is going to be playing with Paul George. He's going to be playing with Kawhi Leonard. I mean, you got all this attention on these superstar players, and then you have one of the better sh- three-point shooters in the league right now. We're talking about a top 30 last season uh, in the league. I-, I think that there's a big ceiling for Landry Shaman. I think that he can increase on that 167 um, and-, and really be a good three-point shooter on your team. Absolutely, and we've talked about it before. Doc Rivers loves Landry, so – He's definitely going to get the minutes there and at the wings for sure. Um, and then Miles Bridges uh, just walk into this nice role here where he's a clear uh, starter at that. Uh, I think they're going to start him at the four. Uh, I'm not really sure. I think they, they might start Dwayne Bacon at the two. If they do that, then it looks like the Batum will be the three and Miles Bridges will be the four. Either way, he's the starter on this team. Uh, and with Kemba out of town, uh, it's 
it's Scary Terry and Miles Bridges that really are going to be the predominant scorers on this team. I like Miles Bridges a lot this year. Yeah, Miles Bridges is projected to start at the four. And this uh, leads me right into my guy, Scary Terry, who I love at an ADP of 64. Um, in the last two years, and it's 49 games, so it's a massive sample. In the 49 games without Kyrie Irving, which Terry started in all, he averaged 32 fantasy points per game. And uh, in his last 15 with over 30 minutes, and that's still when Kyrie was healthy or, or not, when he played over 30 minutes in his last 15, he averaged 31. So that's really good. I think that's great value. I think he's going to – he just got his contract that he finally won, and his usage is definitely going to be at a career. And he's definitely going to put up career numbers. And Charlotte really has no one behind him. I mean, like you said, Dwayne Bacon, Devontae Graham, Malik Monk, there's really no one behind Terry Rozier right now. And I think he's going to get all the minutes he handle and he's going to be putting up garbage points. I mean, the Hornets going to suck, but like you said, Bridges and Terry are going to lead the way. Definitely. And I think that Terry Rozier is a great pick in fantasy basketball this year. But just thinking out loud that you mentioned this depth right now, very sneaky play in a deeper league. Uh, Malik Monk at the end of your draft. Now, he's probably going to be a waiver wire guy that you probably just want to wait on and pick him up if it becomes relevant. But just keep an eye on Malik Monk just because there's just not a lot of good players on this team, especially players that can handle the ball. Uh, so that's just kind of a sneaky play. But Scary Terry, uh, due for a big year. I don't really like that Terry McLaurin in the NFL has taken this name from him. I really, I was, I was I literally just going to say that, man. <laughs> There's only one scary Terry, and it's not playing football. He's on the Hornets fan, and he balls. His name, yes. is, Terry, his name is Terry Rosier, the Rose Show, T. Rose. Exactly. And I'm <laughs> yeah, picturing yeah. him with the Celtics jersey, with the screen mask on his face. I mean, that's him. Like, come Throwing on. Throwing up the threes after he nails in Bledsoe's face, dude. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, no, exactly. There, there, there's only one scary Terry, man. <laughs> Uh, all right that about wraps it up for the pick and roll podcast um follow me on twitter at ff professor st3 where can they follow you on twitter al uh hunt to 512 that's h-u-n-t-a 512 and real quick we made uh, a twitter account for the pod it's pick and roll uh no pick and roll pod one sorry and that's uh with the word and and with the number one the digit so go follow that and if you haven't already go on itunes and subscribe hit us with five stars and always go check out our podcast on the content section of the Expand the Box Score and check out everything they got there. They got uh, waiver wire articles. They got betting picks. They got everything you need for football. And we'll be uh, bringing you more stuff there during the basketball season as well. So go ahead and do that. And uh, also, if you're playing NFL DFS, which I'm assuming you do if you're listening to the, a fancy podcast, um, every Sunday at noon, me and Steve do a live Periscope. We break down each NFL game and what we think for DFS and season long. And we take the live questions and it's called the flex or fade periscope. And you can catch that on uh, expand the box scores, Twitter, which is at expand the box score. So check that out and uh, be on the lookout for more um, pause from us. We're going to do a rookie outlook one next week. And we're going to be uh, turning out some more ones as the season comes closer. That's right. Yeah. Check out the pick and roll uh, Twitter. Uh, you can catch all of our episodes that we release on that handle. Uh, once again, this is Pick and Roll Podcast. Uh, good luck this season. We will see you soon. Uh, we are out. Peace. <laughs>